Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I'm honored to have my guests in the building today uh, who represent Colonel. I'd like to welcome Dean Anderson, the founder, and marketing and strategist, uh, Catherine Emerson. Iris. How are you guys doing? Very well. Yeah, awesome. So first of all, I want to know is how this all came about. How did you decide to found, how do you, what do you call it? Create a company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I've, uh, yeah, that's actually a very good question. Now I'm getting stuck on the word myself. Yeah. Uh, so I founded Kernel, uh, basically started the concept late last year. I have a background in running um, investment funds in New Zealand through uh, basically working at the New Zealand Stock Exchange. Yep. So I had six years there and then took a bit of time off doing some contracting, working uh, with financial advisors, dealing with everyday investors and through those conversations, felt there was an opportunity that we could add value by creating better investment products um, and making investment more accessible to uh, everyday Kiwis. Mm. So we why why Kernel? Why did you come up with the name Kernel? Yeah, great place to start. Uh, obviously, there's connotations around seed and growth, which obviously relates nicely to right. our investment mm. and that long-term investment journey that we really want to encourage. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is that it. Uh, the second definition is actually it means the core or heart of something. Mm-hmm. And so for us, that's kind of really where we want to position ourselves as that sort of core uh, go-to for in- Kiwis to learn about investing and to grow their wealth. So, Do it have anything to do with KFC? Because uh, I was when I saw yeah. the when I saw the name, I immediately thought of KFC. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, Mister Colonel, I guess uh, different spelling, everybody. Yeah. And I, I think the main thing as well, you know, it is like naming a child. It it took a while to kind of come up with the name. Uh, it was a long process. How long? Months. Uh, yeah, it was months. And I know when I thought of the name just for Kiwi Talks, that took ages. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. And, and then there's all the other elements that come into play during that process. Uh, things like trademarking. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, because you don't want to pick a name and then yeah. find out that name's already taken. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. from from anybody starting your business, obviously uh, you're going through those processes. There are a number of things that you've got to consider, and trademarking was one of them. Yeah. Uh, how well it relates around things like even little details in terms of are people going to remember how to spell it? Uh, is it easy to remember? All those elements that come into play. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So have you always been into investing, both of you guys? Yeah, I have. I've been involved uh, with the sort of finance and financial markets in New Zealand for, uh, ever since leaving uni. Uh, yeah. And Kat, obviously, yeah. uh, can talk about her background as well. Slightly different background, but um, I'm originally from Melbourne and I was a financial oh, nice. advisor in yep. Australia. Um, did that for eight years, moved here, yep. um, sort of, I suppose, continued doing that and uh, actually worked remotely for a Melbourne firm for a number of years oh. whilst I sort of just found my feet in New Zealand. And Dean and I crossed paths um, through his previous role. And then I sort of decided, I suppose, um, to jump ship from, say, straight financial advice to what we're doing now, yep. um, mainly because I am super passionate about helping as many people as possible, you know, grow their financial literacy, work towards their goals, that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, for an investment um, vehicle and management firm that we have, it's just a really good opportunity to reach more people. Because I feel there are a lot of Kiwis that are terrible at saving, let alone investing. I don't know about your inner circles, but I know within mine, saving is like a foreign concept. If I Mm. mentioned investing, they'd be like... What? Yeah. And, and I, there are a couple of parts there, right? Uh, it's not something we're taught. Uh, it's no. not something. It's not in schools or it's, anything. It's not yeah. in schools. And, and it's also not something we talk about between friends very often. Mm. Uh, so family dynamics, you don't often talk about money, debt, investing, well, saving. A personal yeah. thing, it is. isn't it? it is. yeah. I, I think that's changing. Uh, again, it may come down to circles. But I know, for example, like with, with my friends, that we, we all know how much each other's earns. Uh, how much they're paying, you know, if they've got a mortgage, all those sort of elements. So we're becoming more open uh, and we're becoming more educated. And I think financial literacy is growing over time. The hardest thing, though, is for a lot of people is it is quite a long process. So uh, if you do start saving, you don't really tend to see a great return per se on that. You know, it takes a while to compound and build up. So it feels like quite a long journey. And yeah. it's very yeah. easy to uh get disengaged from that and then oh, you know what I'm just going to go buy a new car um, so it, it, it takes a lot of uh, I guess getting used to it and really setting that that right behavior up and, and just learning to put aside some money every week and, and forget about it so I know you guys do seminars do you yeah. mention 
anything about how to go about saving in any seminars? We do. And, or do you do. just assume, or are these people that are kind no, of already clued up? No, we do. And so we actually create a lot of blogs on this. So we, we've, mm. um, dry, like Kat and I have both written a number of blogs that talk about like, well, how much should I save? Uh, should I be paying off my debt or yeah. should I be investing it? Uh, and, and thinking about how do you manage your own personal finances? So mm. uh, we do want to help Kiwis understand what they need to do to get ahead mm. and how simple it really is, uh, but you just need a little bit of guidance uh, and direction. Because what do you think some of the biggest mistakes people make are? What have you seen, Kat, Well, I was, your... was going to say the first one that we did talk about last night was um, just assuming that it's it's really hard. You yeah. know, like well, it comes across like it's very yeah. hard. But, but I, I think, you know, there's a lot of people in finance in general that have made money out of making it look challenging. You know, mm. there's there's a lot of investment mm. firms, there's, you know, different types of advisors that over the course that's, you know, they've built themselves up as having this really special skill, you know, they've gone to university and a lot of, you know, there's definitely a time and a place for advice and we are strong advocates for good financial advice. Yeah. But as you say, there's a lot of basics that are just information's out there. It's just finding credible sources, starting off on the right step. You know, there's more to good financial well-being than just investments, you know. Yeah. Well, it seems here we're very much caught up in residential property. It mm. seems that seems to be the main investment. Yes. And it has people, been. Has been. So that's changing. Yeah. We feel like it's changing. Yeah. I think you can look at a number of things. Like uh, outside of the baby boomer generation, I think there is a lot less interest in, in property. And there are a number of sort of social and uh, economic factors around all of that. It's because they can't afford it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, if you think about it, you've got to have a 35 40% deposit to buy an investment property. So yeah. that's already you've got to have a significant amount of money up front. And, you know, reality is we're not interested in it, you know, in terms of maintaining it, the amount of effort it takes and spending your weekends painting and fixing broken pipes. I, I just think that we are seeing a lot less interest from younger generations in that uh, quite laborious property investment space and they want something easy that they can manage and it's easy to understand and they can go about living their lives and, and mm. basically be stress-free. But that's what the media push as well, right? I mean, mm. I, I see all the time in, in the New Zealand Herald and stuff about housing and investing mm -hmm. in housing and all that, but they, nobody really talks about other forms of investment like index funds, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, definitely. So I've previously worked with a lot of like younger clients. So yep. um, in Oz, you know, dealt with accumulators. So anyone sort of 25 to 45 and a lot of the age group are just making the active choice to maybe not buy a residential property. You know, like lifestyles are changing. People are getting married later, having kids later, often going overseas for a period of time to work, mm. all that sort of stuff that means, you know, there are people that have good cash flow, know how to start saving, want to do something with that money rather than just leaving it in the bank, knowing that, you know, maybe in 10 years when they are in their mid-40s is the time that they then want to get into the market in terms of property. Yeah. But what do they do before that? Mm. You know, and, and it's, um, yeah, it's, I suppose, providing aff affordable options like indexing um, and index funds that work for people in that space. So can you explain what index funds are because there'll be people listening to this or watching this and be like, what the hell are you guys on about? Yeah. I have no idea what that is. Yeah. So, so well, an index fund um, is basically an investment management fund that tracks an index or a market. So okay. our job as an index fund manager is to take a market or a sector and match the performance of that market as closely as possible. So we're not in the business of picking great companies, um, you know, crunching the numbers. We don't have a team of analysts. We're not doing that sort of thing behind the scenes. All we're doing is replicating the index and the market return. And so if you think about an index itself, like it, it literally is just, it's representing the performance of a number of companies, for example. Right. So people may have heard about things like the S&P 500 yep. or the NZX 50 that often talked about in the news or you'll see them in the paper. Yep. NZX50, for example, is just simply the 50 largest companies that are listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange, and it's uh, collectively they add up to create the index and their performance collectively. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so you guys, do you invest in that as well as just the smaller companies? Uh, yeah, so we, we've got three funds at the moment. Uh, yep. So we've got a top 20, which tracks the NZX20 index. So if you put $100 in, that's split across those 20 companies. Okay. Uh, we've got a commercial property fund. Again, people do have a lot of interest in property, but this is actually investing into the commercial space. So big resident, uh, big um, 
commercial towers and hospitals malls, and those sort of things yeah. here. Mm. And then we actually do have, we built a brand new index uh, for our what's called our Level 9 fund, and that basically invests into smaller growth companies that are listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. So they are uh, at the smaller end, so not inside, not all of them are inside that top 50. Uh, and so there are some great Kiwi companies in there uh, that people may have heard of, like PushPay and New Zealand King Salmon and um, Circo Travel Software and things. Napier so, Port. Napier Port as well. So we were just in Napier yesterday and obviously visited the port as part of that. And oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. would have. So what's the mm. difference between, say, an index fund and a mutual fund? So it's... Uh, Basically, you kind of got two. Uh, uh, the, probably the main thing that people need to think about is there are two types of investment styles out there. Right. So, if you're going to buy into a fund, most of them, in general, the big benefit is that you'll get diversification. So, you don't need to be thinking about picking stocks and and trying to spread your money manually by yourself. You can go into a fund and that spreads your money around for you. Uh, but there are two strategies. It's at one end of the spectrum is us, where we're index investing, and so as Kat talked about. We really don't care and we don't do any research about any individual company. We're just matching to buy the index. The other end is the active managers. So that that is a group of uh, basically analysts that sit there and crunch and review all of those companies and try and pick what they think are going to be the ones that do really well. Are you good friends with those type of people? Uh, they we have friendly debate. Yeah. Friendly <laughs> debate. What does that mean? Sometimes not so friendly. <laughs> um, so the big difference there is that active obviously requires a lot of staff and uh, often they want to be paid a lot of money uh, <laughs> think, and think they're very intelligent. And look, they are, um, but most of them underperform. And so, yes, they don't look at us too favorably, uh, particularly because uh, in, the, in the US market, for example, they recently did a study and it showed that the amount that investors had saved in fees by being in index funds rather than, say, with an active fund manager over the past 23 years was $450 billion in fees alone that investors have saved. And that's just in the US. And so... Active fund managers don't like us because that used to go into their back pockets, and oh, well that's, now it's yeah. kept by investors. Okay, uh, so that's why they don't like you. Yeah, because you're taking their money. Well, we, as, we they, know. as they see it. The, yeah. yeah, we we uh, make it so that the investor keeps that money rather than uh, going in their pockets. Mm. So when you say they don't like you, I hope you don't get like nasty emails or anything. <laughs> uh, we have lots of great. Um, you you probably come across every now and then some interesting articles in, in the paper online and uh, you know yeah. there's some little jibes. There's a, there's a good um, stat that so S and P who um, they run the research and give us all the like the data that we need to track the indices. So yep. um, for the S and P, their team did a search on the risks of passive investing. So another way to say the risks of index investing had over two hundred thousand hits on Google. Do the same search for the risks of passive smoking, and it's less than a quarter of the same search results. And they're like, you know, you just think, how is passive investing any more dangerous than passive yeah. smoking? But there's just so much, as Dean says, benefit to the active managers writing about, you know, the risks and trying to promote trying their, to, their, their investment style and, and obviously to try and keep their. their so, how, how do you get this message across then? You know, the right message across? Because, yeah. I mean, we live in the era. Of fake news as well, yes. where misinformation can just be put out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for it to be done. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you, you sort of really touched on it before around um, our awareness of investing and saving. And so if you look at the percentage of investments in index funds in the US, about 25% of the market is held by index funds. In New Zealand, it's about 2.5%. So Kiwis are not as... Uh, aware or clued up on, on so we're just not educated on it. No, that mm -hmm. whole financial literacy piece is really missing, and so that's why we hold seminars. We do travel mm -hmm. the country. We write blogs. We just have to get out there and help um, give people the resources they need to start uh, basically improving their financial well-being. So, from being out there and mm. talking to a number of different people, what what are some of the common questions you guys get? Really varies. Um, I think you know a lot of people just want to know. Same question you asked: What is an index? Mm. How does a fund work? Mm. Um, you know, really kind of understand what is it that we as an index fund manager do, and getting their head around the fact that 
in index fund management, less action is the benefit because, you know, there's so many things in life you're told, you know, work harder, study harder, go to the gym, more action and more, you know, more change and you putting in more effort has a better result, but it's the complete opposite when it comes to indexing. So having, I think, yeah, a lot of questions around that. Um, what are some other top ones? We've had a... A lot, a lot of discussion around ESG, so um, ESG. ESG, so social, you know, environmental, environmental. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. You know, Advice having good governments. Got to learn yeah. my acronyms. There's, there's yeah. a lot of chat in the media around, you know, not investing in certain companies because of certain things, and um, people want to know kind of our position on that or what we sort of feel is a good way to invest. Mm. That's a challenging area. Um, what else? Yeah, I think and generally just people are trying to understand the world of investing as a whole, you know, how do yeah. they go about it? Where do they start? What are the things they can do? Because it has mm. been uh, pretty much, you could say it's been exclusive for a long period of time, but it's yeah. become far more accessible now. Mm. And so thanks to technology, you know, same at Colonel, uh, you know, somebody can start investing with a hundred dollars. So uh, they can just go on your website, sign up and, and you then, can do it all online. And then and, what? And, but like, is there somebody to help you? No, so you know what the hell you're doing? No, but we're, we're pretty much, uh, we want to build a limited number of really great products so that we right. uh, it's not overwhelming for investors. And then we basically provide them all the information they need. So uh, we tell you everything about all the companies you're invested in, really clear on how much the fees are, and then create great blogs that basically help you as, a, as a, an investor. You can, mm. no matter whether you're new to investing or experience, you can go through those blogs and that content and figure out exactly what you need to get started and to, to start. Uh, so what would, you, what would you advise people not to do? Um, Things to avoid. Yeah. Stop spending the money. <laughs> Save <laughs> well, it. I think that's first and foremost, obviously, they've got to start saving. Well, yeah, I think we live in a very superficial society and we yep. buy stuff that we actually don't need. Yes. And for example, like cars, yep. yes. they're actually a depreciating asset, right? They yep. don't gain any value. But say, for example, people will buy a car, an expensive car before the house. Yeah. Mm. When and it should be the reverse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and, um, you know, if they just start saving and put a little bit in every week, you know, we did it again, keep talking about our blogs, but we actually did some research on showing, well, there's somebody that actually just put $100 away into the market and into the investment, uh, $10, it doesn't matter, but they put something away every single week, did nothing, didn't look at it, forgot about it, put no effort into it all, actually outperformed the person that spent pretty much every waking day looking at the markets and trying to time the bottom to is like perfectly timed the time, uh, when to jump in and start investing. And it's just that whole message of the longer you're invested for, the better their outcome is going to mm. be. Uh, mm. You don't, and that's where Kat was saying, that you know, it's not as complicated as people think. It is as simple as just putting something regularly into the market and forgetting about it and carrying on with your life. And uh, you don't need to be looking at it every day. And it's a real challenge for us because uh, as technology has made it really accessible for investing, it does mean people are more inclined to want to look at it every day and touch it every day and you know make changes and they self sabotage. They, yeah, yes. and, and it's like actually just put your phone down, <laughs> go and spend time with the family or friends, and it will be there the next day, and you can just carry on. So, were you always like that? Did you have that same problem where you were just always looking at it, or did you? Oh no, I had, I, I had the same. So I I, um, I was with my uh, KiwiSaver provider, and um, they had an app, and you could see how much every single day in cents and dollars that you had made or lost, and. I got addicted to it, you know. I wanted to check it every day, and I can't touch it. I can't touch my KiwiSaver for another thirty-five years. Yeah, yeah. So why should I care about whether I made two dollars today? I think and there's yeah, but, but like because if you're not looking at it, then you feel like you're not in control. Yeah, and that mm. might be very difficult, particularly for a control freak like yeah. me. Mm. <laughs> so it's a matter of trying to change that mindset yes yeah so as someone who's doing marketing how do you push through all this all that that's a good question um well i i suppose the the benefit that i have is advising clients and having invested myself so that exact experience i've had the same thing um so you can relate you know yeah absolutely and i remember i put some money start when my husband and i first started investing um, I would check it every week and, you know, as happens, the market went down sort of the first six to eight months and everything that I tell other people and, you know, had advised other people was don't look at it, 
you know, you know what it's for the long term, focus on your goals, focus on your day to day. It'll, you know, come back in three years, five years, whatever kind of your time frame is. Yeah. Um, and it probably took me a solid twelve to eighteen months to get into that behavior. And I think it's just having open conversations with other people, whether it's, you know, a family member or us reading our blogs, trying to get through, um, you know, we are trying to get some of that messaging into the dashboard. So when people log in, you know, having some prompts and, and so reminders. Bang, it's yeah, right there. yeah, we've talked about that sort of thing. You know, we, we want people to be able to have accessibility um, and be very transparent, but equally, how much do you kind of push back on that as well? So it's definitely something we talk about and I think we we have some more space to improve. Do you incorporate social media quite a bit? Yeah, we um so we do have like a Facebook presence and we use LinkedIn for um different kind of channels yeah. and just make sure that um, you know, we get different messages out there. Hopefully that kind of reminds people if you're mm. scrolling your feed and then you're like, oh, I should read this blog about investor behavior rather than actually look at my portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully get the message through but it, it is a challenge yeah because also with investing or money mm. it kind of is its own language in a way yeah you know mm. you could be like say us just talking right now you're using you know some words that might be foreign to a lot of people yeah, yeah. and I, it, that's yeah there is a lot of jargon and mm. it's something again we talk about internally as to how do we address that I don't think we want to stop using it. Uh, it's uh, Our role is to help you understand what it is so that, yeah, yeah. that going forward, you are more knowledgeable and, uh, you know, every day you need to be improving on, on where yeah. you were before. So we, we take our role really, um, you know, we take on that responsibility of trying to help inform you as to what those terms mean. Yeah. Mm. I'll give you it because I had a friend of mine. He's really into cryptocurrency. Yep. And he tried explaining it to me. I'm like, dude, you might as well be speaking Mandarin, man. I have no idea what you're on about. And then he tried to dumb it down and it still didn't help. I still didn't know what he said. Now, obviously, what you're talking about is not nearly as complex. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part I of the I don't understand cryptocurrency. So no, I yeah, we okay. say that yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. That makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. Because it's, it's, yeah. And I think that's that's the thing that might scare a lot of people is you start using words that they've never heard of and they're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to invest. I don't even know yeah. what the hell I'm mm. doing. Yeah. 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 So it's very, very difficult. Far away. What's what's the... Give us, give us a give us a, some jargon that you want to cover off. Jargon? Yeah. Well, what do you mean jargon? Like, well, uh, so ESG, any other yeah, terms? ESG, that well, you're... just um, so the NZX Top 50, what does that actually stand for? Yep. Uh, perfect. So NZX Top 50, it's basically just the... 50 largest companies on so the stock exchange. So that's like the, and yeah. I know with the arrows. and Yeah, exactly. So mm. you'll see then, you, so you'll basically see, uh, yeah, let's talk about the index here. So there's the NZX 50 index. It's the 50 largest companies listed on the stock exchange. And it's purely by how valuable those companies are, how, or how much, um, what is the value of each of those companies. So you'll have Spark on there, for example, Fletcher Building, and they're up the top. And then down the bottom, that's slightly lower value. Uh, doesn't mean they're low, uh, in terms of doesn't mean they're not as good from an investment perspective. It's just how big the company is at the time. And what determines the value of it? Like, how does it move investors up every day oh, buying and selling and, and saying and yeah, stuff. buying okay. and selling the shares determines <clears throat> the value of that company. And so it does move every day, and often it's moving irrationally every day because nothing has changed from today to yesterday. But, so a lot of those investors who are buying shares, they'll yep, be the yep. ones with the twitch in their eye yeah, looking exactly, at it constantly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so. <laughs> There's all this noise that goes on in the short term, but from a, a retail investor perspective, that doesn't matter. You know, just think about where things go in the long term. Um, so that index is the 50 largest companies, and so you see a little number every day that summarizes the performance of all of those 50 companies. And as you said, it will be a little green or red arrow, being up or down, and it's as simple as that. And maybe up one percent for the day, or maybe down one percent for the day. Mm. Um, and so you'll see that in the news or in the paper, and, and that's simply all the indexes. It just represents that performance. So what's one of uh, some of the pros of investing, say, in commercial property over residential property? Uh, in terms of, I guess, the big thing from the I, fund... A that, lot of people don't even know. No. Yeah. Look, uh, commercial property typically is actually really hard to get into, right? So mm. uh, to buy a commercial property, they're really expensive. And, and to buy any property, actually, they're quite expensive for a retail investor to get into. And the biggest difference is when you're buying through a fund like ours, you can buy or sell whenever you like. You know, 
If you go and buy a residential investment property, say you needed to get your money out, well, you've got to find a real estate agent, you've got to try and find somebody to buy it, and that could take weeks or months. And so A, you've got to deal with all the hassle of managing it, uh, and, and you have the complexity of trying to sell it when you need to get out. So uh, the big Are you speaking from experience? I am. Yeah. I am. I've, I've had investment properties. I still have an, yeah, uh, yeah. a little investment property. I actually rent myself, so I'm probably one of those. Oh, uh, I'm not surprised, man. I'm from Auckland, so yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know how, what yeah. it's like. Again, I think that's another thing that's sort of growing. Is some people have chosen to buy a mm. rental property and then rent themselves because they can afford Definitely. to buy something a little bit cheaper that's not necessarily where they are working, and so um, they rent mm. where they where they need to work. So that's we had a lot thing. of people that would come to us as an advisor and say, "Can you crunch the numbers on whether I should buy an, a rental or, you know, or start investing in the market and keep renting myself? Just have that flexibility versus buying a house because I think they felt the pressure of buying a house, but they needed yeah. someone to tell them that it was okay not to yeah. do that because there's a lot of pressure, and obviously there's a bit of a divide Absolutely. between the rich and poor now. You know, whether you can buy a house or not, particularly in Auckland. Yeah. And trying to make people see, hey, there's more than one way. Because obviously <laughs> we're taught, hey, you need to buy a house. Yeah. Because that's that's a good investment. Not necessarily always. I, I know Auckland kind of plateaued. Mm. It kind of went stagnant for a while. Mm. Um, so do you ever uh, advise, hey, well, maybe if you can't afford to buy a house, then perhaps invest, you know, in Colonel for... X amount of time. I think in general, like uh, you need to be doing something with your money. If yeah. you're, if you're not putting it somewhere, your 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 future is going to be a bit challenging. Uh, I'm guilty of this. I've just got money sitting in savings. Yeah, primarily yeah. because I'm like, okay, I want to invest, but I don't know what the hell. Where I'm to doing. start? Yeah. yeah. And so at the moment, you won't won't be earning anything. And... <laughs> no, no, no. But I, but it's good in the sense like I like I think I always recommend this too is like have some savings. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, prepare for like worst case scenario. Yeah. Oh, so exactly we, we have on the blog exactly that, the whole emergency account thing. So definitely everyone yeah. everyone needs whatever it is, you know, the number is unique to them that have something. And then the second thing that we also talk about is, you know, whether you pay off debt and what kinds of debt you may have, whether it's credit cards, personal loan, car loan or home loan, and consider that stuff first before then looking at investments and when you can you know, should be kind of making the choice between the two because investing is awesome and we're obviously huge advocates for it, but there are lots of other things that people can do with their cash as well. Yeah, yeah. But I think the main focus, I mean, I know a lot of Aucklanders that are just like, no, I have to buy a house. Mm. Yeah. That seems to be, yeah. it's, it's like tunnel vision. Yes. Mm. You know? Yes. That's just their one goal yep. and their aspiration, even if it's not even plausible. Yeah. Yeah. So so how often would people come to you and that's that's their goal? That's their. That's why they're investing. Or, in terms of yeah, are yeah. they investing for their home? I I don't think actually many are. Um, that's probably a good thing. I think they are thinking more long term than that. Uh, yes. So I think most, when you say long term, what are we talking? Forty years? Yeah, potentially. I think so. Some of them, you know, we have we have people investing that are twenty through to eighty. So all, you know, if we've got a very oh, that's good. Very mm. big spread of people. They've all got different goals, right? Because usually, I would imagine the older you get, the wiser you get. Yeah. In yeah. terms of investing, <laughs> usually when you're young, you're you're focused on other things like partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to think too far into the future when you're young, right? You oh, know, yeah. You're not you're not worried about. I was terrible when I was young. You know, yeah. who's who's twenty and thinking about what their life's going to look like when they're forty? You know, it's just not reality. So uh, it is very hard to think that far ahead and start doing something then, because if you do start earlier, the the you will be far better off into the future. That that is probably the biggest thing that. Uh, as Kiwis and as individuals, we need to talk more about, and we do need to talk more about money because if people start earlier, start saving earlier and investing earlier, uh, it has such a big impact in terms of how much wealth they'll have into the future. Could you guys, I mean, if it's even plausible, would you be able to have any talks with like the government to maybe going into schools and educating young kids on this? Because they're probably the main ones that need to be oh, taught exactly. this stuff. Because yeah. Yeah. as you said earlier, this stuff isn't taught in schools. We, was, nobody nobody teaches you this. No. I was in um, Nelson recently, which is my hometown. Uh, I actually went back and caught up with my old high school economics teacher who's still oh, there. Wow. And uh, we talked exactly about that. And so we were looking at, oh, can we come back and just have a day and talk to you about, you know, practical stuff, you know, mm. actual real world, 
what do you do with the dollar rather than uh, mm. scribbling some economic theory on a bit of paper mm. or working out, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, Pythagoras. The, Pythagoras. Pythagoras, the triangles or whatever it was. Yeah, all those sort of things. Oh, I was terrible at maths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I suppose the hardest part with young people would be keeping their attention. Because yeah. we're, we're, we live in the era of, you know, everything yeah. now, instant. You've got, you've got about 30 seconds before you lose someone's yeah. attention. Yeah. yeah. Which is primarily why I have timestamps on my <laughs> podcast, because a lot of people probably are like, oh, I don't want to listen to an hour long, you know. They just skip yeah. to the parts. So how would you, how would you, I mean, when you're talking to someone and you're trying to explain this to them, mm. can you tell when their eyes glaze over and they've actually completely at, at, just gone brain dead because they have no idea? They've just zoned out. At our seminars, you get a broad mix of people and they're all, you know, got different uh, levels of knowledge. And so it's been really interesting dealing with that and seeing how they react to the content and things that we're talking about. Right. But how we address that is we've often made it really informal. So we have a lot of like questions and answers as we go throughout. And so people of different skills levels can A, learn off each other and feel confident enough to, you know, engage and ask as they're going. So we just want to help those people start to learn a little bit more every day and, and mm. get motivated because the I think the more you learn and know, the more motivated you'll become. Uh, it's hard to grow that motivation straight away, uh, particularly when it comes to investing because it's quite foreign. But the more you start to understand it, the more engaged you'll be and more motivated you'll be to start investing and, and growing your, your wealth, basically. And how much do you play a part in that? Do you make suggestions to him all the time? Hey, we should be doing this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we well, does are he come lucky. to you and you're like, nah, that's a terrible idea. We, ha <laughs> we have a lot of office banter on all sorts of things. But I suppose we're lucky that we're a small team. And yeah. Oh, yeah. How, um, how big how big's your team? So we've got four of us. There's three, that's, that's cool, actually. Yeah, and three of us based in Auckland. Our compliance and risk officers based in Wellington. So between the three of us, even though I suppose we all have titles and defined roles, it's very much, you know, Dean's writing blogs, Stephen, our COO, writes blogs. You know, we do these sorts of things. We all love to host seminars, try and get out there as much as possible. You know, we have a chat bot on the website and it's always one of the three of us that's answering those questions. Oh, okay. So it's very collaborative in terms of everyone is, you know, actually engaging with our direct customer or investor, which is awesome because you keep that, you know, you know what questions they're asking and what information they want to know. So I think we're pretty, we're pretty good at yeah. yeah, addressing all of that sort of thing. And we keep a visual. I think that's the other thing. Like particularly in the presentations or seminars, it's just try and take a whole concept and put it into one image. Yeah. And what's the image? What was the last <sighs> one? Well, I was just thinking, um, so we talk a lot about, say, the the savings that US investors have had in active fees, so the right. $450 billion, So just having a huge $450 <laughs> billion on the screen is quite impactful. People and kind remember of remember that, that and number. it's easy to understand. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. 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 And then I suppose, um, you know, and then just graphs of really trying to demonstrate to people that investing is a long-term game and yes things go up and down but if your time frame is long enough you don't need to be reading the news every day and worrying about the headlines and you know checking it on your phone all the time it's really keeping focused on what your end result is and then just enjoying your life yeah because i think a lot of people just want i don't know they want that magic wand that can just give them money instantly and unless you win lotto that is probably not ever going to happen right yeah so how do you how do you advise people of this? Be like, hey, that's not how it works. Yeah, it it, it isn't how it works. And if anybody's <laughs> promising you those sort of things, uh, they're probably dodgy. Run, run yes. a mile. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, investing is a very long term process, and it is slow. Uh, but uh, I guess how do you keep people motivated? It is a challenge. Mm. Uh, it's keeping focused on the goal, I think, as well, yeah. like trying to really personalise why it is you're investing. So, you know, and making it fun a bit. Um, most people our age, I would say, are not investing for their retirement. You know, we, we had, I met a guy actually the other night at one of our seminars and he's investing solely so that he can buy a caravan in 15 years when he retires. And he's like, it's so fun. He loves it because that for him is an awesome goal. And, you know, in 15 years time, he will take the money out, buy his caravan and feel really great about that. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether it's that or having a holiday fund or, you know, saving for a property deposit, um, even just the flexibility to maybe retire, retire slightly early or just, you know, 
go to part-time work, whatever it might be. Yeah. Keeping that goal front of mind is what mm. I think, yeah, keeps up that motivation. <clears throat> yeah, and I suppose, I mean, I know people that aren't very good at budgeting. Yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. do you ever do budgeting with anyone? Do you sit down with anyone and do budgeting? How, no. often, how often do people actually come into your office? Uh, well, we don't, uh, but we do. It's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to the bot. <laughs> yeah. No, but you, you are obviously speaking to one of us. We're always there and we are always available yeah, yeah, for yeah, copies yeah. and we're often traveling the region. So we yeah. are available to meet and we love having copies with people and, and just hearing about their story. Um, in terms of budgeting, yeah, we don't we don't give budgeting advice, but there are a lot of great apps that can help with that. Yeah. Uh, and it is the key thing to just start. I think we're sort of talking about it coming up soon as a, a pay yourself first uh, concept. Uh, which pay is L. Uh, pay yourself first. I'll pay yourself yeah. first. So, yeah, which is which basically is... the idea that, you know, when people get paid, often the first thing they do is pay, you know, any debts that they have, pay their bills, do all of those things. And then you're usually left with your fun money, right, which is what you spend on the weekend. And there's usually then nothing kind of left for future you. And so it's this whole idea of rather than waiting until the end to maybe have some money left over for savings, even just figure out a, a small amount to start with that you think, okay, I can make this work. And the minute that money goes into your bank account from, you know, your employer, pay, pay yourself first, send it off somewhere that you're not going to see it. It's out of sight, out of mind, and then divvy up the rest of it and continue living your life. Because I think, you know, you take that, section out first and it just it's it's harder to say hey cut down this amount whereas when you have an amount in your bank account that you actually are kind of forced to keep within your spending limits it's a lot easier to yeah. do if you know what i mean so it's but yeah i think if you said to someone can you reduce your expenses by 150 dollars a week they'd say no but if you took that 150 dollars a week if their employer sent it to another bank account they probably would be able to do it it's it's a mindset and yes. psychological yes. rewiring. Yeah. 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 yeah, And often people start too high as well, I think, and then they get really stressed about it. So they're like, I've got this grand ambition to save, you know, $400 a week. Yeah. And they start doing that. And then a couple of weeks in, they're like, oh, God, you know, <laughs> life is expensive. We get that. People want to have fun. You want to do what you want to do. Um, yeah, you don't know. What, what's the saying? Um, do you live to work or do you work to live? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, we are about that as well. Like we want people to be out there enjoying their lives. Um, but I think if they go too hard first, then all of a sudden they're not saving anything because they're like, that, was, that wasn't fun. That, wasn't, <laughs> that was not fun. You know, whereas you start small and hopefully set yourself the goal of maybe growing it, but just pick an achievable amount. Yeah, because you have to make sacrifices. That's Definitely. The thing. And, and some are easier. I mean, one of the big things I notice is people spending heaps of money on coffee. Like seven, we are guilty of yeah, seven <laughs> coffees a day or something. We're very guilty of that. How many coffees yeah. do you have a day? Um, I limit myself to buying one. Just but, okay, so you just uh, buy uh, one and yeah. then you yeah. make yourself how Wait, many? Uh, oh. an, a number larger than one after that. <laughs> um, Probably closer to four or five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, you know, as Kat was saying, you do need to live your life. You know, there, there, are, there is a need to make some sacrifices, but you do have to enjoy yourself. And uh, so for us, it is about still making it clear that you can have a coffee. It's something you really enjoy. Fine. But... For example, limit it to one. You know, what are the little things that you can do so you can still have that enjoyment uh, and go about living your life, but make little sacrifices that you can do something with. Uh, In the future. Yeah. It's getting that balance right. Yeah, I, I know it's it's pretty difficult for a lot of people, say, in Auckland, yeah. you know, where oh, and the cost of living is ridiculously high, yeah. which is why I had to leave. Yeah, yeah. and you yeah. see people, you know, come out with these silly concepts of saying, like, you know, if you didn't buy a coffee a day, it's $5 per day and you add this up, or if you didn't have your smashed avocado. But reality is you you do have to live your life. You know, how much fun would you have if you cut out the things that you actually enjoyed? So, you know, yeah. it's finding what works for you and what makes you happy and then making little sacrifices around that so that you can still continue to do those things. Yeah, so most of the people you talk to who struggle with this stuff, are they based in Auckland or...? Uh, our customers are all across all the country. Everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, our first customer was in Hawera. And so. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we are everywhere. Um, I think it's the benefit of a digital business. Yeah. You know, there's no restriction to yeah. where you, totally. you know, and totally. the reality is people all across New Zealand have money. Yeah. 
You know, the, yeah, the it's, it's not it's not a big city issues. thing. And probably to your point, something that we have talked about recently is arguably people in Auckland have less disposable mon- like funds to use for things like investing because the cost of living is high. Yeah. A lot of people have bought the million plus dollar house, and you know, if yeah. you're a young family, that can be a challenge. So I, I do think some people sometimes they don't even realize what they're doing. It's like a subconscious thing. They don't. Mm. realize how much money they're actually spending on something yeah. oh, and it almost yes. it's 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 not really a routine it's a lifestyle yeah. and they don't even know that they're doing it yeah. i mean i'm sure you guys come across that yeah. well i used to do, come across this a lot do you point it out sometimes lot. and they're like ah oh. yeah well yeah. we um i used to come across this a lot cuz we did a lot of budgeting advice back in australia and right. um my partner, well, now my husband and I, we actually went and got a financial advisor or saw a financial advisor because I didn't like having the responsibility of, um, you know, it's like a doctor is usually the worst patient, you know, having that responsibility of needing to do my own finances at home. So it was quite good to kind of have someone else, a nice independent third party to talk through that. And one of the exercises that we went through first was, you know, quite painstakingly going through all of our spending for a full year um, it was quite confronting. My husband actually printed off his entire bank statement. He, To be wow. fair, he has quite a bit of downtime at work, so he printed off yeah, a year's worth of bank statements, went through and kind of highlighted all the things and learned in that year he spent more money than he earned. Mm. And it was only really that realisation then that was, you know, the stopping point of, okay, you can see how people get themselves into debt. You can see how people find it really challenging just Mm. to start. And it's just having that awareness of, you know, don't give yourself too much of a hard time about it, but equally don't shy away from looking at bank account. Did you, do you see any similarities between people in Melbourne versus people in Auckland in terms of the the problems, in terms of budgeting and money and investing? I mean, what's index funds and stuff? Like in Australia, in Australia, uh, probably percentage-wise, in terms of the marketplace, they're a, they're a lot more common and well known. I think generally financial literacy is a little bit higher in Australia amongst our kind of age bracket. Why do you probably, think that is? Well, probably because super in Oz has been around for a lot longer. Oh yes, so of course, for yeah. say you know like so my parents, yeah, 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 for yeah. people, yeah. For so, people that don't know, ex- yeah. 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 So so for you know my parents, their super is a pretty big asset for them and something that they've really been working towards. And so for me growing up, I've known about that. Um, and then that sort of translated, I suppose, into just having a little bit more awareness around investing and um, and saving. But definitely the ex- the exact same sorts of behaviours and, and issues around: Do I buy a house? Find having the pressure. How how should I work out my cash flow? You know, th- no, none of that's stored in schools in Australia. And you get to a point where you're, most okay. people, you know, they start earning a reasonable sum of money and realize I think everyone probably has that tipping point where they're like okay I've I've got my job now and it's good and I'm kind of money's coming into the bank and I'm feeling pretty good about it and then you don't know what to do well this is one of the biggest problems I notice and I'm probably guilty of this myself is you know people's their necessities and what yeah. they consider a necessity in mm-hmm. life goes up when they start earning more money yes. they never yes. stay the same in terms no. of how much they spend they start There's- spending more yeah yeah there's kind of a concept we talk about with this that's like the, the wedge of as your pay rises, your expenditure rises in the exact same proportion. So what you yeah. think is, you know, because a lot of people say, when I get that pay rise or I get this new job or, some, you know, something happens to me in the future, that's when I'll start saving. But realistically, <laughs> that's happens. when you buy a car yeah, or yeah. that's when you upgrade your house or that's when you go on a holiday, you know, and it's, it's just human behavior. A sense of entitlement almost, right? Mm. Like, I'm entitled to this, so I'm going yep. to buy this yeah. or I'm going to get this. Uh, uh, personally, a good example for me was um, student loan. So I had a student loan and, you know, that comes automatically out from your paycheck. So you, you've never actually yeah, seen yeah. that. It comes out. And uh, I remember, like, I lived without that money coming into my own bank account for years. And then as soon as that finally got paid off, all of a sudden it was like a big pay rise. And it's like, what do I do with this money now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very what easy did to, you do with that money? It, it's very easy to start spending it and, and starting to buy a few more coffees. Um, <laughs> uh, but, it, and it, you know, that's a really clear example of literally the week before I was living without this money and I was never aware of this money because it was just being taken out before it was even paid to me. And so... Um, yeah, it's very easy to fall into that trap of thinking I'll start to save in the future uh, and start spending more ultimately anyway. I think there's because of the competitive aspect in terms of trends as well, mm. particularly among young people, they want to look cool. Your expectations, right? You talked about like buying the house, right? 
you know, expectations of buying a house or having a better car and that whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. So you are constantly trying to match um, where you think particularly you Particularly whatever your circle is, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, if, you, if your circle is a whole bunch of rich people then you're the, the average Joe amongst a whole bunch of rich people, yeah. you're going to feel yeah. a hell of a lot of pressure to try and, ah, oh, i got to get this stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. so it's, it's, um, it's a very mm. difficult thing. Yeah. Do you find there's more of that in Melbourne versus here, though, in terms of the... I've heard uh, yes. that there, there's a bit more of that, the competitive aspect and, and with brands yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. look good. I, and, I definitely think there is. There um, is. As a Kiwi has visited uh, those places, oh, you on. instantly can see a difference <laughs> in uh, attitudes. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. But I think as well, um, you know, Australia doesn't quite have the same attitude around the whole tall poppy thing that New Zealand does. And so yeah, even though annoying. Australia is a probably a bit more showy and competitive, people are more open about it. And I think that also helps with the whole financial literacy piece because people, as you know, Dean alluded to before, people talk about their finances and they're mm. quite okay to kind of say, hey, I got this new job and this awesome pay rise and this is this thing I'm thinking about doing with my extra money. Whereas... I've found since moving here, those kinds of conversations are a lot harder to start. Was that immediate? Did you notice that straight away as soon yeah. as you moved here? Yeah, particularly because I worked in financial advice. And when I first moved, I was still contracting um, or working remotely back to a Melbourne-based firm. Can you give and me an example like of someone you met? So oh, what, just, like, just what would they like say? Would they just go, oh, wow. Well, just integrating into like my husband's, he's a Kiwi, so you know, into his kind of friendship groups and meeting people for the first time and trying to start a conversation with them around, like, I'm a financial advisor, these are the types of things we talk about, and they're like, go away, no, not keen. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's so bizarre. I don't understand why we have that, eh? It doesn't – I, I don't yeah. understand why it's a thing here. Like, we mm. should be encouraging yeah. each other. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Particularly, I think as well, like, I've read a lot recently around – why this is good as well for, say, um, you know, reducing the gender pay gap. Women do not talk to each other around what they're getting paid, how they talk to their, you know, employers and well, negotiate, maybe, well, negotiate pay Well, particularly with some of their uh, colleagues because it might yeah. be confidential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But even amongst their peer group, you know, if you were open enough to have that conversation, you kind of knew how other people um, were handling those discussions. It's got to be beneficial for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So what would be your suggestions? As someone who's been on the other side. Yeah. It's as simple as starting talking. It really yeah, is. You've it just is. gotta you've just gotta start talking and, yeah. and uh, not be afraid and shy away from those conversations. Mm. You know, and ultimately it, it's it's probably I guess people are, are ashamed or, or I guess worried about how they're gonna compare to others. And and so you've just gotta lose yeah. that baggage and just go, it doesn't matter if I earn less than you know, mm. my mate over here, it doesn't matter if I've got more debt or I'm struggling or this is whatever it is that may be going on. You know, just start talking about it and, and figure out how, you know, what's important to you and what are you trying to achieve ultimately. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a comparison. It's just a conversation. Yeah. I mean, this it sounds to me that this would probably be one of the best ways of doing investing, particularly for young people. I mean, these days, like if a, a student goes to university, they end mm. up with a, what, $50,000 student loan, and then somehow they've got to save for a deposit for a house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just seems impossible. Mm. So this seems to be somewhere where they can invest invest and at least get some money. Yeah, like from you, it. anybody, no matter, you know, our, like said, our customers range from 20 to 80 um, and, and they've all got different goals. It's just accessible. Uh, and that's one of the benefits of index funds is that, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money to get started, uh, but equally they're just as beneficial to you if you do. And so uh, it's a, an equal and level playing field. Everybody benefits from it, which is great. So now... Uh, there's no more barriers to entry. It's not an exclusive club. Everybody can become an investor. How did you find when you first launched? Was it sweet out the gate or did you have like a rocky start? Did no. you actually know what you were doing? Yeah, fully? yeah. Like we, in terms of like website design and well, how to get the message out there? I, I think we did have a, well, it was a plus and a minus. Um, you know, one of the part of obviously starting a new investment management firm is you do need to go through a whole heap of licensing with the FMA. So that's the Financial oh. Markets Authority. Yeah. So, so how does that basically work? Basically the body that, you know, governs how all financial markets work in New Zealand. Okay, they I didn't, have, didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so they have a lot of like, there's a lot of paperwork and, you so know. That, that was, that was that. basically an eight-month process for us going through. Eight months of going, just paperwork? 
uh, pretty much of, of waiting and going through the licensing process, showing them how we're going to run the business, all the governing documents, um, who's going to be out on our board, who are the staff, how much money have you got, how are you going to run all of this. Uh, it is a very rigorous process. And that is designed to make sure that as an investor, you know, these are credible companies out there that, that right. are yeah, yeah. keeping okay. money. So there's no corruption. No, and, and there's a whole, doing there's a whole um, things. raft yeah. of regulations and rules and and third parties that are monitoring everything we do. So were you aware of that before you yeah, started is, the process of doing it? Oh, no, 100%. So this was okay. my background. I've run uh, index funds previously. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. very okay. aware of that whole. And so yeah. given that time frame, um, we were very well prepared yeah. because obviously it was a year in the making. It wasn't like... Um, you know, that we just decided to do this overnight. It was a very long process that uh, as a team, we put a lot of thought into. And obviously that meant mm. uh, we had plenty of time to do things like developing a website and everything else. And uh, and and then obviously we launched and uh, you know, we've been amazed by the sort of feedback we've been having. Uh, the responses from our investors is, you know, because you guys haven't been around that long, eh? How long have you no. been around? First of September, so we're sort of three oh, months. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Even shorter than this podcast has been around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, so, honestly, like from what I see, you know, you guys have been um, in the media. I've yeah. seen you on podcasts and yeah. Yeah. I saw you on News Hub yeah. recently as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. You, it, um, the impression is that, oh, you guys have just been around for ages. <laughs> it feels like ages. Yeah, it does. It's, it's it feels three a lot longer than three months. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it has been really well received and it's um, it's great for us because we know we're, we're doing the right thing. We're on the right track. We have, yeah. you know, a lot of awesome stuff that we want to do from here. Um, but, yeah, it, it has been, I think, you know, to what we talked about initially, Oh, there's been a lot of time spent making investing look really difficult and there are a lot of, you know, legacy players in the industry and a lot of people mm. that have been doing the same thing for a long time. And so we think that there's heaps of space in the market for just new players to come on board and just, you know, shake things up a little bit, make it easier, make it more accessible, be yeah. digital focused, offer new things. That'll be a slow process though, changing that narrative. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's been going on for so long. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Yeah. It'll 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 be a long time, I'm sure. Yes. Do you, uh, are you planning to invest um, or set up more global global aspects? Yeah. So obviously, um, we're all working through the summer. Um, uh, <laughs> no rest th- for you. No, no rest, rest for, for us. small business. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we are working on a number of things at the moment uh, and thinking about what does 2020 involve for us. Uh, we've received a lot of feedback from our investors telling us what they want us to see. And so, uh, that's so how do you, how do you decide what to pick and not to pick? Uh, for us, we we obviously understand where we think there is good value, and we aren't going to just put a whole bunch of options out there for investors. It is it goes through a very rigorous process to make sure that we're giving you products that are going to really help you achieve your mm-hmm. goals. So mm-hmm. while we take on all the investor feedback, we then kind of take that as guidance and then make sure that we're giving stuff. That... So if you if you get feedback, let's say from one person, yeah, how long would the discussions be just for one person's feedback between the four of you? Uh, we, sometimes we the them. feedback yeah. is no. That's, oh, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that conversation is okay. No. Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Others actually really generate some debate, and we spend quite a bit of time looking into yeah. okay, how can, we, how can we do that, and what would be the best means of doing that, uh, and how do we do that that it's still really accessible and affordable and everything else. So, um, yeah, it does generate at times you know, quite lengthy discussions. Yeah, because I'd imagine you guys would have different ideologies in terms of. That? Uh, I think we're all aligned in terms of we, we all are passionate about Same outcome. and, and yeah. customer different. outcomes. Um, but we do share different thoughts on the uh, on everything, which is great. Uh, we do have different mindsets. and um, But we are all from we, – we all have financial markets experience, which is, is critical. And we've all come from different parts of the financial market. So we understand how the industry works. But we are bringing our fresh set of eyes and bringing that consumer focus to that industry, I guess. So have you set up, so do you have a, a full idea of what 2020 will look like? Or are you uh, just we, kind we, of we have, dipping your, you yeah, know, no, your toes? No, we, we, have a, we have a fairly clear map of what we wanted to, want to bring to market. Okay. Um, 
and people will just have to keep following Kermel and see what, what happens next year, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're pretty keen to, as Dan said, you know, bring the right product and the right investment options and not yeah. kind of, you know, rush into something. It yeah. needs to be well thought through. Make sure, you know, all the little cost, like cost and tax and all the little things behind the scenes. We're just keen to make sure that it's really solid, you know, so. Well, you must have a lot of connections in Melbourne. You can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, but we're, uh, look, I think we've got a busy summer ahead. We have yeah. we have some interns starting next You're week. You're not working Christmas, I hope. No. Not Christmas Day, but um, <laughs> Christmas period, yeah. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Yeah. We have a you'll fully, take your holiday later. Yeah, we have yeah. a fully digital office, so we are quite lucky that we can do the whole work from home thing, you yeah. know, over those times. That and is honestly the way of the future. Yeah. And so, as you know, we've been on the road, we've been doing seminars around the place, and um, we can just work from wherever we are, from our laptop, from our phone. Uh, it's great, you know, and... Uh, Stephen, he he lives on Waiheke Island with his young family, and oh, wow. so he actually commutes in on the ferry every day. But he can just, mm. you know, start from wherever he is, and if he wants to spend a day at home, all those sort of things. It's I guess you could say your seminars are kind of holidays. They're like road trips. Uh, it's been a lot of driving. <laughs> well, you take turns, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, oh. No. No, 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 no. One person drives. We were debating that last night. Yeah. Well, Who I, does I, the driving? I, I, I do he the driving because I was asking Kat, what is your driving style? And uh, we talked about... I was the... like, it depends if you ask me or my husband. Yeah. Like, driving style, fast, slow? Yeah, mildly speed erratic. Demon. Yeah, speed demon. No. Erratic, I think, was the word that she used. <laughs> well, you went to Napier, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And then you know how there's that part, it's really, really windy. Yeah. yeah. Probably one of the most dangerous roads. Yeah. 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 Look, I, I've, I spend a lot of time all around those areas. Yeah. So I've got family uh, in Hawke's Bay and things. So oh, yeah. I'm very familiar. And so hence, I took the Yeah, uh, to be fair, I, I, it was my first time to Palmerston North this week. So I yeah. have been, I've done a fair bit of travel in New Zealand since being here, but got a lot more to see. Mm. So have Dan, you done much travelling to Australia? Uh, occasionally. I, I am actually going there next week. Um, so I'm, I'm flying out on Tuesday, uh -huh. Wednesday. Yep, so, mini, mini pre-Christmas holiday. Yeah, that is that is my little break before um, getting back to work. Before getting back to work and yeah. getting mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to cover or anything else you think people should know? Just get started. Yeah. Just get yeah. started? Yeah. 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 Spend some time. I will probably be... Asking you a lot of questions because I'm probably keen to do this. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and I think that's also a really important message. If people have questions or they mm. want to speak to us, we are there. And mm. you can mm. call us. You can, look, send us a chat. One of us will answer it. Yeah. We're happy yeah. you can call us on our mobile directly. It doesn't matter. We're, we're, we are really uh, accessible uh, and we're based in New Zealand. So, you know, you know who you're dealing with. Would you guys ever do anything with cryptocurrency? Uh, that's probably one yeah, of those no's. Yeah, that's the third no. <laughs> um, as, as somebody suggested that Oh, that to definitely you. gets yeah. raised and, yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and, and taken off like, the no, table. Sorry. We don't want to learn the lingo. We <laughs> yeah. don't want to learn exactly. the language. Exactly. It's, it's not in where we think we add value or of interest to what mm. we think um, mm. will help mm. our customers. Mm. What's your guys' opinion on gold? On we have buy? been talking about that one. Yeah, it, look, it's obviously it's some... People have it as part of their investment portfolio, yeah. um, and it really comes down to what are you trying to achieve. It's it's it is a normal, I guess not normal is the wrong word. Uh, unlike a crypto, it is a very traditional investment option, so yeah. um, it definitely still fits within that realm of something. Well, I think people think, oh, if there's a crash or whatever, yeah. then mm. gold will still hold yeah. value. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is right, yeah, but it seems but, like every week some analyst is predicting, oh, there's going to be a crash, and and, that, and that's yeah. the whole active versus index and uh, sort of debate that we, you know, we're trying to guide people to the benefit of index investing and um, and setting up good behaviour because if you've got a good, you know, if you if you've got a good steady uh, regular investment plan, you do not need to worry about the headlines. You you could just ignore them. Do you read the headlines sometimes though, and just face yeah. Or get annoyed? Yeah. yeah um. I, I have a confession. I stopped reading the paper probably three years ago. Yeah. And I have only just restarted because, mainly because I have to read what's going on with some of our competitors. And just, and just <laughs> keep an eye. Enough. Yeah, and just keep an eye on, you know, general things. But uh, I didn't miss it when I wasn't reading it, that's for sure. So where do you guys consume all your media, like all your news? 
Um, I actually love podcasts. So if yeah. I want anything that's kind of educational or learning, all about podcasts. Do you tend to, um, is it more money, finance podcasts you listen to? No, like, no. It's, it's broad, yeah. Yeah, a, yeah. A lot of sort of business-focused podcasts, so all, yeah, di- all different industries and people. Um, you know, I love Tim Ferriss and all his sort oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just I find, you know, being able to consume media when you want to, that's mm. probably the other thing I don't really like about the news. Like if, if I want to f- seek out something, absolutely we'll go find that. But yeah, the kind well, the, of the, the daily news, headlines. Yeah, well, it's providing a narrative. Yeah. It's like mm. funneling a narrative, you know, and it might be based on the company, you know, because let's let's be honest. I mean, news doesn't make money like it used to. Yeah. So sometimes they have yeah. to do clickbait yes. articles and yes. oh, so much fake it, news. Well, and, so much of it is paid for now, right? Yeah. So there's so many articles that you're reading are actually paid for mm. and, you know, it's not traditional journalism. So yeah. I've, I've learned that very quickly in marketing that, yeah, um, yeah uh, it's made me quite cynical of what is and isn't paid for in the media. So what's the number one thing they teach you in marketing? I think it's just about the customer. Yeah? Yeah. I did marketing at university, but then, of course, yeah, my background was mostly in financial planning. And I think, you know, for us, it's just, it's always about It crosses investor. over, though. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's understanding people and their behaviours and their drivers because, as you say, we're only going to be successful if people are investing and you've got to get them to start and understand how to do that. So it's really, yeah, it comes down to the person yeah. and behaviour. The fundamental thing. Yep. Cool. Well, hey, this has been great. I've learned a lot. And I'm I'll glad. definitely be uh, probably signing up to Colonel and be talking to one of you guys. You shall. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you'll yeah. be hearing from me a lot, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Are you the main person? Uh, yeah, we, we all kind all, of all, all do yeah. comms, but I, I do love to, yeah, send some emails. How do you decide who does the responding? Rock, paper, scissors? Depends on what we're up to. Depends yeah. on what we're working on. As, as Kat said, we're, we're a small team, so we are all sharing a number of different responsibilities. And so depending on whether, you know, one of us is, you know, doing a podcast right now, obviously, then yeah, yeah. somebody else has got to be sitting on, on the desk and um, manning the chat. Manning, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, manning the boards. Yeah. So yeah. whoever's manning the boards right now, well done yeah. while, they're, <laughs> while they're doing this. Yes. Cool. So, and if people want to uh, sign up, what's, what's the website? Yep. Uh, Colonel Wealth, so K-E-R-N-E-L, uh, Wealth. So, uh, yeah, as you can right see here. on the T-shirt, yep. uh, colonelwealth.co.nz, just search Colonel and uh, you'll find us. Cool, and they'll provide you with all the answers, yeah. I'm sure. We will. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Grace. All right, that's the show, guys. Until next time, stay safe and make sure you share, like, and subscribe. See you later.